making your way back to your seats and I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord and I never get tired of feeling his presence I never get tired of walking into this house and being able to feel the presence of the Lord in this house the way that we do don't ever take this for granted there's a lot of churches in this city there's a lot of churches in this world that don't feel this every day they don't feel this every day you think I'm playing you think I'm, I'm not telling the truth. There's a lot of churches that you go to and you won't be able to feel the same spirit that we feel in here. I'm thankful we get to walk into a house where God's spirit dwells. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. I count it an honor, a privilege to be behind this desk. To all of our guests and visitors, I want to echo What's already been said, welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'll go ahead and say it just in case you, you didn't catch it, but for our first time guests, you should have received a card, a VIP card. Um, that way it gets you into the back and we get to take a few moments and some of the leaders of the church get to meet you and we get to hang out and just get to know each other better one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so if you did not receive one, then just see one of the ushers and they'll get you one. There's a red carpet right out to the back. Just make your way there after service. And love, look forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Amen. Um, I'm not going to um, waste any time today. I um, feel like God's definitely got a word in this house for us like God's definitely speaking to us in this house. So for just a few moments, um, those of you who don't know, I'm not a long-winded preacher. Um, I'm a very short preacher, both literally and figuratively. So, <laughs> um, if you just bear with me for a few moments, um, pray God will speak to us. Uh, the book of Luke chapter 19 is where we'll be reading you have your Bibles, the book of Luke chapter 19. If not, it should be on the board. Beginning at verse 1. The Bible says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little, of stature. Me and Zacchaeus got a lot in common. Amen. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today, everybody say today. Today I must abide at thy house.
God is interested in you this morning. Everybody say me. God is interested in me this morning. So for just a few moments, I want to talk to us today about the visitor. So if you would, put your Bibles down and lift your hands one time with me before we, before we move any forward. Lord, we need you in this house right now. God, before we go any further in this service, we need your spirit to, to dwell in this house. Rest upon us, Jesus. Anoint our ears, anoint our mind to receive your word. God, anoint these lips of clay, anoint this mind to speak the word that you gave to me, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would use me for your glory. I pray that you would speak to us like never before, Jesus. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here transformed and renewed in the spirit. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Jesus was not unaccustomed to crowds. It seems like everywhere he went, there was a crowd that followed him. Or everywhere he went, there ended up being a crowd of some sort. Dozens of times, we see Jesus teaching multitudes of people. On one occasion, occasion, he actually had to slip out the back door because there were so many people there. And they all got mad at him and decided they were going to stone him. He's not unaccustomed to crowds. He delivers his most famous sermon on top of a mountain because of the crowds. There was another time where Jesus was passing through a city and a crowd pressed so heavily that there was barely room to walk. It was so bad that the woman had to, she had to get on her hands and knees and crawl to where he was just so she could touch his garments. Wherever you see Jesus, most likely you're going to see a crowd. Most likely you're going to see people with needs. Most likely you're going to see people that are broken. Once you've seen a crowd, though, you've seen them all. Anybody ever been to Disney World or Universal Islands of Adventure? You have no idea who these people are. You may have seen the same person 20 times. He's like, I don't, I don't know who you are from a hole in the ground. Because there's so many people there. This is, this is how Jesus was. This is how his ministry was. Everywhere he went, there were just throngs of people, crowds, so many people that, that he had to, like, squeeze his way through, I, I can imagine. People reaching out, crying out to him, Jesus, Jesus, heal me. Heal me, Jesus. Je I, have, I have a child that's sick. Whatever it was, whatever you can imagine. That was what Jesus was being bombarded with almost on a daily basis throughout his ministry. Any other visitor passing through this city would have seen Zacchaeus and not even turned to, made, made, made a, a second look. They would have seen this man and said, okay, that's just another person in the crowd. And they would have kept on going. Any other person that day was looking to see Jesus. Every person that was in that crowd was looking for, for an answer to their problem. Everybody in that crowd was looking for a solution. Everyone there had a need that needed to be met. Zacchaeus, all he wanted to do was see Jesus. All he wanted to do was just to get a glimpse of him. He knew he was passing through. He, he, he probably heard about Jesus. You, you don't live in the, in the city of Jericho and, and, and in these big cities without hearing about the Messiah. You don't, you don't, get to just, you don't just live life in, in these small towns and not hear about 
Jesus, the miracle worker. Jesus, the Christ. There's almost like a lore that comes with him that, will he ever pass by this way? I guess I'll never get to see Jesus. And so, the issue with this circumstance, though, is that we're not dealing with just an ordinary visitor. We're not dealing with just some random person going through a city. We're not dealing with just some tourist coming to Fort Myers and... Better be careful with what I say. We love tourists. Amen. And if you're not a tourist, you should just live here. <laughs> we love tourists. Hallelujah. He wasn't just an ordinary visitor. He wasn't just some Joe Schmo going through town to make his way over to the next city. No, this was Jesus. This was the one that, that stories had been told about. He healed the blind man. He healed the blind man? Blind from his mother's womb, he healed him. He healed, he healed a deaf man. You mean he couldn't hear? Yeah, that guy. He, he healed him. And Zacchaeus, he wasn't just another face in the crowd. He was the chief tax collector, the Bible says. The chief tax collector for the Romans in this particular city. Everybody in that city knew who he was. Everybody there knew Zacchaeus. On top of that, he was short. So short that the Bible has to go to lengths to mention that. By the way, he was so short he had to climb into a tree. People knew who Zacchaeus was. On top of that, he was the guy. <laughs> he was the guy that said, hey, bub, go ahead and give me that money. <laughs> I don't know anybody in here that likes getting a phone call from the IRS. If you do, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. I don't know anybody in here that likes giving away their money. Do we have any millionaires in here? If you do, please see me. See me afterwards. I want to know. I want to know what it feels like. <laughs> this guy was ostracized from society. He was hated by everybody. Everybody had something against this guy. Nobody invited him to the party. Nobody invited him to go out to eat. Nobody wanted to spend any time with this guy because everybody knew he was a bad dude. Everybody knew this guy had problems. Everybody knew this guy, you just don't want to hang out with him. He didn't have many friends. He probably wasn't liked by everybody he came in contact with. I just want to say that I'm so thankful that my worth isn't predicated on what everybody else thinks. I, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that, that my, my worth to God is not dedicated and predicated on what you think. On what this world thinks. Because if that was the case, we'd all just be pushed off to the side. If that was the case, we'd all just be swept under the rug because we don't mean anything to anybody. If the crowd that day had their way, they would have just pushed him off to the side. They probably did. That's why he probably couldn't get, so, get close enough. They saw Zacchaeus come and they said, no, 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 he don't want to deal with you. You're a publican. Jesus doesn't have time for publicans. 
He didn't have time for sinners. Jesus only has time for those of us that have needs. Since when is a need put above, put above someone's salvation? And that's how they viewed it. People think that just because you come to church, that you won't face some sort of rejection. Yeah, you get rejection out in the world, but I'm not perfect. The church isn't perfect. Newsflash. Church people aren't perfect, and we ought to stop making it out to be that they are. We ought to stop putting people on pedestals in the church and making them seem like there's some perfect person. That they can never mess up. That they can never get it wrong. Don't get me wrong. We should possess and display the fruits of the Spirit as, as saints of God, as born-again believers. But, but don't, don't ever put someone up on a pedestal. Don't ever put First Lady on a pedestal to the point where she can do no wrong in anybody's eyes. And what, what I mean by that is that when Sister Williams, I, I, I'm treading lightly, but Sister Williams will be the first to tell you she's human. Pastor Williams, Bishop will be the first to tell you he's human. He makes mistakes. Sometimes we get this thing twisted in our head and we think we, we come to church and we just think as soon as somebody does us wrong, as soon as the preacher, the preacher forgot to shake my hand or, or the preacher looked at me weird. Or, 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 or sister so-and-so didn't come over and say hi to me. Or, or brother so-and-so didn't check up on me the other day. And we think, ah, church people, they, they ain't good for nothing. They don't love me. They don't care about me. The Bible says, the Bible says in verse number four, that he ran before. And he climbed into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. The beautiful thing about my Lord and Savior is that he can find a needle in a haystack. The beautiful thing about our God is that it doesn't matter where you run. It doesn't matter where you hide. It doesn't matter how insignificant you think you are. It doesn't matter how, how much you've been tossed to the side all throughout your life. You come to church and nobody looks at you. Nobody wants to shake your hand. This, that, and the other. It doesn't matter where you are or how bad you think you got it. Jesus knows exactly where you are. Jesus knows exactly where you are and he sees exactly what you're going through. He knows every tear. He sees every tear. He sees every heartache. He sees every broken heart. He sees every sleepless night. Jesus knows exactly where you are today. He could see the, traje the trajectory of Jesus' path and said, if I get over there, if I get over there, there's a chance that Jesus will pass by. There's a, if I just climb up into that tree, there's a, there's a chance that Jesus will pass by and, say, and, 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 I, and then I can get a look at him. Just a glimpse. And then in verse 4 it says, and when Jesus came to the place. When Jesus came to the place, it's almost as if Jesus knew. Because he did. He was walking and I could see it in my mind's eye. X marks the spot in the spirit. And as he walks over to it, he says, this is the moment. Looks up into the tree, and there he is. That's how accurately God knows where you're at. 
That's, that's how carefully he's looking for a meeting place with you. Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was going to be in that tree at that specific time. This was a moment unlike any other for Zacchaeus. He probably lived his whole life never knowing Jesus, never seeing who he was, and thinking all of his life because he was the short guy that had a bad job. He was the guy that nobody would ever, would ever dream would be, would, be, would be able to meet Jesus, let alone see him. It was a chirological moment. It was a moment in the spirit world that unbeknownst to Zacchaeus, was the point where everything changed in his life. It was the moment. It was the moment where everything in his life, his entire trajectory, the, the, the entire trajectory of his life changed forever. All because he had a meeting with Jesus. All because Jesus passed by the place where he just so happened to be. It was at that moment that everything changed. just want to tell somebody that Jesus knew you were going to be in this house this morning Jesus knew that you were going to walk into those back through those back doors today Jesus knew that you were going to sit in that pew that you're sitting in today he knew from before time began, when he was on the cross, I could see him looking down through eternity as somebody, as, as, as you walked into here and you sat in a pew and you felt his spirit moving. He could say, I could see him saying, I'm, yeah, I'm doing this for you. I could see him just hanging on the cross and looking through the portals of time and saying, I can't wait until that time. I can't wait until, until they finally feel my spirit. I can't wait until the trajectories of our paths come and they meet at this specific moment, at this specific time. The Bible says that, the Bible says that Jesus said to Zacchaeus, make haste. He said in verse 5, he said, make haste and come down. For today, today I must abide at thy house. When I see this phrase, I think back to the Garden of Eden. I think back into history where, where God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. And where, and where there was no interruption between God and man. And every day they walked and there was communion and they talked. And, 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 and there, was, there was nothing. There was nothing in between them. There was nothing that could separate them. Sin hadn't entered into the world. It was, it was utter perfection. It was everything God wanted. It was relationship. Because that's all God's looking for. He's looking for relationship. That's why he created you. That's why he formed you when you're in your mother's womb. It was for relationship. Not so you could be on a bar stool somewhere looking to feel and drown out all the, the, the aches and pains of this life. Not so you can be in somebody else's bed for another night this week and saying, God, I'm just looking for something. That's the problem with our society today is that they're, they're looking for something to fill the void inside. They're, looking, they're jumping from thing to thing. To, why do you think there's so many dating apps? Why do you think there's so many bars and, and so many clubs and so many, so many Facebook uh, meetup spots and all? I don't know, whatever that is. Why do you think there's so many of those? It's because people are looking to fill a void inside of their heart that was, that was made at the, at the Garden of Eden. 
They're looking to fill that that was made at the Garden of Eden where God said, I can't dwell in this place anymore. And there was a separation between God and man. There was a separation that would ring out through the universe. That once God did dwell in the presence of men. Once God did walk side by side with Adam and he talked with him in the cool of the day. And there was a time where, where there was no sin. And there was a time where the lion laid with the lamb. And there was no violence. There was no racism. There was no, there was no prejudice. There was none of these things that we're dealing with today. There was a time where it was peaceful. It was perfect. It was everything God wanted. And yet sin entered into the world. And disrupted that unity, disrupted that perfection, that utopia, if you will. And ever since then, ever since that moment that God had to step back out of the earth and say, God, I have to just let them do it on their own. And he knew ever since then that he would die on a cross to redeem broken man. Ever since then, he, would, he, he knew that he would one day send, come down himself in the form of a man. And do what, what we couldn't do ourselves. And the sole purpose that he did it was because of relationship. I can see Jesus as he's walking and he looks, he looks up at Zacchaeus and he says, make haste, come down. Come down, I, I want to go to your house today. I can see him as, as God. It's, it's, it's God looking at him and saying, I'm longing for that relationship that we once had. Adam, I'm, I'm longing. Adam, I'm longing for that relationship. The sin that's riddling your body, the sin that's crippling the world. I just, I just want a relationship with you. I just, I just want to talk with you in the cool of the day. I just want to walk hand in hand with you. But it wasn't enough anymore. Because sin entered into the world. And so God said, I'm not going to dwell where there's sin, but I tell you where I will dwell, I'll dwell inside the hearts of men. I'll dwell inside the hearts of broken man. Because, it, because the relationship in the garden was, was perfect, it was amazing, it was something that I don't think we'll ever get to experience until we make it to heaven. Imagine having God walking beside you. The spirit of God walking beside you. But today we have something far greater than that. We have the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The redeemer. The one who said I am that I am living inside of us. He's looking for a deeper relationship. He's looking for more than just a surface shallow level experience with him. He wants more. He wants to live inside of us. He wants to work inside of us. That's what he's doing today. He's walking. I can imagine he's walking in, these, in this room. He knew you were going to be here. He knew you were going to have problems. He knew you were going to have a situation that you couldn't figure out on your own. He knew you were going to be riddled with the disease. He knew you. He knew you. When you were a child. And those things happened to you when they shouldn't have happened to you. He saw you. He saw you when you were going through that trauma. He saw, when nobody else saw you and nobody else cared, when nobody else took the time out of their day to give you a call or to listen or to, to, to be there for you, Jesus saw everything. And he was waiting for this moment. 
Jesus was waiting for the moment that you would step into his presence and he would finally be able to bridge the gap. Would finally be able to bridge the gap that eternity, that, 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 that sin, that sin has caused in the world. He told Zacchaeus, make haste. Don't waste any time thinking about why me. Make haste, Zacchaeus, because now moments are created equal. Make haste, Zacchaeus, because as soon as, as soon as I keep on walking by and you lose me again in the crowd. If you lose me again in the crowd, Zacchaeus, I'm not turning around. I'm not going to be able to find you, Zacchaeus, because, because you're, you're mixed in with the crowd and, and everybody's faces are looking the same. Zacchaeus, this is the moment. This is the time right here. I'm passing by right now. So make haste because I want to go to your house. Make, come down out of your tree, Zacchaeus. Come down off of your high horse. Come, get out of your pride. Get out of your flesh and, and make haste. And come down so I can go to your house. Come down from that place so, so I can commune with you. I'm not interested in the crowd around me. I'm not interested in all these people grabbing at me and trying to get my attention. Zacchaeus, I came here for you. I can't, there's no other miracle recorded in this section. There is nothing else that we see Jesus doing when he's in this crowd. The only thing we see him doing is walking through the crowd and finding Zacchaeus and saying, this is why I'm here. I came all this way so that I could go to your house. I'm here to tell somebody today that you came all this way. You came, you made the effort to get to the house today. You made the effort to put away the distractions, to put away all the noise and say, you know what, I'm coming to the house of God because who knows. You made the effort to get here, but I, can I tell you that the Lord has been waiting far longer than it took you to get here. He's been waiting for this moment right here. He's been waiting for you to walk through those doors so he can say, finally. Hey, can I go to your house today? Hey, I, I need a I need somebody to commune with. I need some, I need a, I, I want a relationship with my creation. Is it okay if I go to your house today? Come on, don't waste any time. I, I, I need some place to go. Don't think about it too hard. Don't think about it too hard and, and, and don't wonder why me. Sometimes we get into this thing of, of God, why did you choose me? And I think that's okay. That's, that's, that's humility. But, but all too often we'll talk ourselves out of it. And we'll, we'll put ourselves so far down that God will never be able to do anything. Because we're so like, like, like beating yourself up all the time. Saying, God, why me? You can't use me. God, God, why would you go to great lengths to choose me? Why would you speak to me? That's the devil talking to you. I said, that's the devil talking to you, trying to tell you you're not worth it. Trying to convince you that, you're, that, that he made a mistake when he said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. You know what's so amazing about that story? Is that there was only one person in the tree. No confusion. Knew exactly who he was talking to. God is speaking directly to you. God is talking directly to you and saying, hey, not your neighbor, 
No, 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 not the person in the, in the pew in front of you. Don't get it confused. I'm talking to you today. I, I'm interested in a relationship with you today. Let's stand in this house. There are a lot of moments in history that I wish I could kind of be a fly on the wall for. And for me, this is one of those moments. Because I could imagine, I could imagine as Jesus is making his way through the crowd, knowing in his mind, knowing all along, I've got an appointment. I can imagine in my mind's eyes, he finally makes it to that spot and he looks up and there's Zacchaeus. There's the person I'm here for. And as he says this to him, hey, come on down, I'm coming to your house. The Bible says that when they saw it, when the crowd saw it, they murmured. They said he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. He's gone to somebody's house that's got problems. Jesus made a mistake. He chose that person. He chose that person. Walked in here today and there's a crowd of people. There's somebody, the devil's talking to you, saying he didn't mean to choose you. He didn't mean to pick you. He's not talking to you right now. That's what you're feeling right now. That's, that's just your, your emotions. That's just, that's just how they do it here at this place. It's just, I don't know. But don't worry about it. It, it. It'll pass. It'll pass. And if you're not careful, it will. And you'll miss it. I can see as he makes his way and he, and he calls Zacchaeus down and they're, they're looking in the crowd. Zacchaeus could have run. And he could have said, God, I'm not worth it. And he could have took off. Could have turned the other way and said, you know, I'm, I'm just, I got a lot of issues. Could have said this. He could have said, my house is too dirty. Could have said, my house is, my house is falling apart, God. I just, I, 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 I'm too busy right now. You know, I just came by to, to kind of take a look at how the church does things and and I came by to just kind of get a glimpse of, you know, you know, what God's doing over here. And, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for y'all. I'm glad y'all get to see Jesus every day. I don't get to see Jesus every day. 
telling you today, before you leave this house, before you leave this house, don't, don't you leave twice without inviting, without inviting Jesus over. Jesus did it over and over again. He sat and he ate with the publicans and the sinners. And over and over again, they looked at him and they said, what is his problem? Couldn't get it. They couldn't get it that it, there was more than just the issues they were dealing with. They couldn't get it that there was more than just healing and there was more than just deliverance and there was more than just the show the show of the miracles and the signs and wonders, there was more than that. Jesus was in the business of relationships. In verse 10, he says that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why I've come. That's the only reason why I came down to earth is to seek and to save that which was lost. Whether Zacchaeus knew he was lost or not, Jesus was still there to talk to him. Jesus was still there so that he could go to his house. Can we just lift our hands in this house? He's here for you today. He's here for you today. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, he's here right now. These altars are open. This is the place right here where the meeting happens. This is the place right here where Jesus is saying, hey, can I come to your house? This is this place right here, this altar right here is where Jesus is saying, Hey, can I come on in? Hey, how, can you talk with me for a little bit? Come on, can we have a relationship, me and you? I'm interested in more than just than just seeing you every Sunday and every Tuesday. I'm interested in having a relationship with you.